for this. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Turn the fucking uh, beat up! What is that? What? What is that? What is that noise? What noise? Really, sir, there wasn't any noise. The Alpine's bumping, but I need the volume high. What up, though? It's your boy, Low Gross, also known as Uncle Skeeta. You're listening to episode 58 of the Inaudible Ruckus podcast, man. This is a very, very, very special episode, man. It's the Mother's Day edition of Inaudible Ruckus podcast, man. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Mama Low guest host all throughout. Now, you always catch her on here with her words of wisdom, but we're going to have her break it all the way down. And I want to invite y'all into the dynamic that me and my mom have so y'all can get a better understanding of my thought process and where I come from. But also, I want to shine light and show how great, balanced, well-rounded, intelligent, and wise a woman that my mother is, man. So this is my gift to her, man. Stay tuned. Inaudible ruckus, motherfucker. Oh, have you not heard? It was my understanding that everyone had heard. What are you talking about? Right from where I left off, let's get back to that real shit. That sit back, just chill shit. With packs that I kill shit. A chit chat about trill shit. Spit that how I feel shit. Don't shoot the messenger. here man this is a special episode as i mentioned this is the mother's day episode so none other than mama low y'all mama mama low what up though hey what's up what's up what's up truly honored truly honored wow what what a wonderful mother's day present I know, right? I didn't I, 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 couldn't, I didn't send you a card because I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. You know me. Everything is podcast. All right. So let's get to it. All right. We're going to get off into it. So for those of y'all out there, man, Mama Lo has always uh, blessed us from, from the inception of the show with her words of wisdom. Now, just to, to give you full context, it started off, what, Ma, back in 2007 when I started radio at Bowling Green? Absolutely. And we, what, the last five, ten minutes of the show, we had you come on and just lace us with your words of wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Right. Help us become soil savvy and grainy. You yep. know, and help us navigate through this wicked world that we live in. But I, a lot of it I received firsthand, and I just wanted to give everybody the opportunity. So we recreated that um, with the podcast, basically. Um, so... I do want to say this, and we're going to get right off into it. Mama, you made sure that we, we start off with this. This is your, at your request. So a lot of y'all who are who like probably know or casually, they say, oh, 
you a mama's boy or this or that, right? And I always say me and my mom have a different dynamic, which you about to see that play out on this show. So right off into it, right? I looked it up, ma. Yes. Uh, the dictionary says a mama's boy is defined as a boy or a man showing a excessive attachment to or dependence on his mother. So that's what the dictionary says. But I got to ask you, man, what is, what is a mama's boy to you? And then the second part, after you explain that part, how do you feel that I exhibit any of those characteristics? <laughs> well, part one, my definition of a mama's boy is someone that can't move, can't do anything unless his mama say do it or she approves of it. And um, to me, we laugh about this a lot at work because, you know, I'll be educating on my job. But, you know, she's still breastfeeding him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's still he's still on the titty. And, I mean, he, you know, his mama move, he move. You know, he got a woman, he lead a woman to go and do what the mama tell him to do. And he can't concentrate on, on his own life goals because he jumps, he dives for everything that the mama says. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, do you want to be a mama's boy? I don't think so. But in my eyes... Do you exhibit any of those characteristics? Oh, no. Your pushback <laughs> is hell of a... So, so, it's, so you touched on the pushback. So, and we're we going to get off into the nitty-gritty <laughs> oh, of it. Oh, you got pushback, my brother. <laughs> right. We, but we, we argued a lot, though. Well, okay, let's go back. Right. There was no arguing, because I was still the mother. Correct. Okay. You gave me a I voice in the house, you, though. You I give me a voice. you to have right and you still had to be respectful but no we we came together but we still were individual and I allowed you to make your decisions I didn't have to do I, you know I, at, when you were smaller there was a lot of talking but as you got older I didn't have to reiterate and keep running back and, and, and going to the chalkboard with you I didn't do that mm -hmm. uh -uh. I didn't have time for one thing Right. No, I understand. Clearly. But, but uh, you know, there are some people that would say that, and I'm like, absolutely not. No way. You know, I think that they sometimes get caught up with that because they don't understand our relationship and our dynamic because you and I are a family. Yeah. Literally, it was just us two all the right. time. Right. So they don't understand that dynamic. It wasn't that you came to me, you ran to me with everything. I didn't kiss all your boo boos, you know. Nah, we, you we, we no, you okay. Like that. Time out. And no, we are gonna get into that. Hold on. Put, put, <laughs> put a placeholder there. So I pulled some research. You always taught me to do research, right? Uh -huh. So in, in in America, man, seventy two percent of black kids are raised by a single parent, and. This, there was an article, it was, it was more so like a report, and it was saying that during the late 80s, listen to this, the late 80s and the 90s, that that's where, it was, that's where they saw that number started to spike. And so there are theories that there's a correlation between the percentage of single parents' households and crime. Although they can't prove it, there are some things out there where they kind of determine psychological factors and try to like blend all these things together and, and come up with it. But they're saying that it's become a cycle because a lot of times children gr who grow up without a traditional family structure, uh, they sometimes grow up and commit crimes. And in turn, they leave families broken 
And then continue to feed the monster that is mass incarceration. So it almost becomes like a chicken or the egg theory. Does mass incarceration cause single-parent households? Or do single-parent households cause guys to grow up and commit crimes to further that? You know what I'm saying? Right. But I I think that each one of those stand on their own. mm -hmm. And they have their own dynamic. And, you know, they probably cause an effect. If you look at it closely, but to me, there's other factors. Separate. Would you say there's other factors that play there? Because mind you, oh, absolutely. absolutely. I said that time period because that's the time period that you raised me up in. Right, and I don't recall you having any criminal activity. But I got a question for you. Okay. Do you think you're a mama's boy? Nah, I really don't. And 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 okay. and, and, and and I say that because people think that oh, well, your mama like one. It was just us. But you were tough on me, man. And I'm about to get off into I'm glad you asked that question because you were super tough on me. And what people didn't see, they were like, oh, your mom, the cool mom. They didn't see you, like, yelling at me or the chores or, like, you was a drill sergeant. And I joke about it, but, like, kicking the door in, you know what I'm saying, at 530 in the morning to wake me up for school that starts at 8. And and we stay 15. No, no, I know. And I'm going to ask you about that, but. We stay 15 minutes away from the school. Okay, but I was the sole provider. Yeah. So, so, so I got to ask you then. With that being said, and, and you can elaborate on some of these tactics, but was it difficult for you to raise a boy into a man without having that male influence in the house to kind of help you out and support you and reinforce Absolutely no. I, I'm just, that's a flat, like, there's no negotiation. No. Because what if I was married to your father and he died or he went to prison just because he wasn't in the home? I was going to let you raise yourself. Mm-hmm. You still have to have some a foundation. So, you know, I think what made things very easy for me is that my background was... I was around nothing but men. Five brothers, my dad, mega uncles, mega male cousins. You know, so I got to watch men in their habitat, environment, in their rights and wrongs up close and personal. And so I got to see what I liked in a man, and I got to see what I didn't like in a man. And it kind of gave me the foundation to teach you how to be a good man. Now, there are a lot of people that will say that women can't do that, but, they were, you know, they, they at not first, too, and they but at first I was start trying to make up because your father wasn't around, but then, remember the conversation we had when I sat you down and I said, I'm sorry, he's not here, but all I can do is be your mom. Yeah, I remember that. You know, and I can't make up, I can't be a mom and a dad, so I tried to effectively be a mother. No, I didn't play. You know, I've watched women say, "Well, I'm gonna call your dad." I'm not calling your dad. Oh no, you used to, you used to beat me up. I was about to say something else, but you (laughs) stand right here, stand right here. Bam. We didn't, right? We didn't go through all that. I mean, and you know, come on, Lord, you you know, you can't how many whoopings you really got. Come on now. No, but they were savage ass whoopings though. Okay, because I didn't want to have to repeat the lesson. What up, though? It's your boy, Low Gross, also known as Uncle Skeetar. 
You are listening to the Inaudible Ruckus Podcast on Slaughterhouse Radio. You can check us out every Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can listen at slaughterhouse.com or check us out via the TuneIn app. Every Saturday night, man, solid dudes, solid topics, solid music, solid podcasts. Also subscribe on Google Play and on iTunes. Inaudible Ruckus. Motherfucker. So, so let me ask you then. T- talk about some of the strategies that you like. So I, I mentioned the school stuff, but just some of the, the 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 like the chores and different little responsibilities and different tactics that you use as far as raising me that you um that you implore t- to make sure that I, I to teach me those lessons, so to speak. Well, for one thing, you can't. You know, my father was the epitome of. Of a head of a household, so I know you can't read the Bible and say I'm a man and I'm the head of the household, and you don't have the tools that you need for that. So remember, I told you I never wanted you to be taken care of by a woman, except for me mm-hmm. and your granny. Those were the only two women that you were ever gonna pimp in your life. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But after that. I raised you. Take care of yourself. Iron your own clothes. Wash your, you know, what? Take care of your your hygiene. Yep. Cook. Um, that's a whole nother right. Cook for yourself. But if you get a woman that do all of those things for you, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. But I wanted you to know how to maintain the house. I sat you down. I showed you how to write bills. I mean, write checks. I never wanted you to be uneducated in this world. We learned proper terms because I knew when you got in school, you were going to learn all of the slang and all of the craziness. And we live in a world like it's worse now, but I never wanted you to be caught off guard with anything. I wanted you to be about your game so, so, so that when somebody was having a conversation you was up on the game you know remember i taught you that there was no santa claus because you didn't want me to be know, up you said no and i'm i'm gonna quote you on this and i had to go in there and I, and I had to tell you and when you go to school you cannot talk about because there were things that you and i discussed that yeah. you were ahead of your time with that other people weren't having those things in their household I work you know, too like, hard for you to think that some white man gonna come sliding down the chimney giving you gifts. Absolutely. No one should take credit for what you do. And mm-hmm. and that's how you live your life. It wasn't that I was disregarding the traditional Christmas for people. It's just that wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Well, I mean that that, that and then and, and and us being raised Jehovah's Witnesses as well too. Yeah, you was adhering to that too, and we're gonna get into that later. I, w- I want you to to speak on just like spirituality and how important it is for that. But we'll we'll uh, save that. But I do want to ask then, right? Because I, I also want this to serve as an educational piece. So you mentioned it, right? Regardless to what happens, you still bossed up and, and stepped up to the plate to make sure that I was provided for. Um, well, I think about my mom. What if my father didn't make it? During the time when we were coming up, my mother had seven kids. Was mm-hmm. she going to not raise us and not allow us to, to do what we need to do because she didn't have a man in the household? Yeah. You know, that discipline factor has to come into play. And, you you know, you find out what worked with your child. I mean, just like with you, you might have got those savage beatings as you called them, <laughs> but I could also talk to you 
and not talk to you and get my point across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, so I, if I, sometimes my not speaking on something made the the lesson more profound for you, but because. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, because I learned you. So, so we got to table that. Put a bookmark right there. Because before we slide into that, because I want to get a little bit, and we're going to cut to some music in a little bit, but I want to I want to come back and you talk about the, your whole parenting style and how you got that frame of reference. But I want to ask you your take on child support because I pulled an article, right? And there's a study. Um, it appeared in the June issue of the Journal for Marriage and Family. And it says that they did a they did a study on a couple people, and they said that many fathers don't pay child support in cash. They rather just find other ways, uh, if they are cash poor, to, to contribute to the lives of their kids. Whether it be b- providing baby products, clothing, school expenses, or food. But they said uh, they did the math, and they said it's worth an average of sixty dollars a month. Okay, but of that study, sixty six of the dads. Uh, were what's considered full-on deadbeat, giving absolutely no cash support to the 95 children they fathered between them. But the researchers found that they gave $63 per month through in-kind support, which doesn't show up in the statistics, which is like the extra stuff. So, one, how do you feel about child support? And more importantly, the impact, like from a family dynamic standpoint, what are your thoughts on young mothers who try to use child support as a weapon to hurt the child's father? Well, okay, child support. You know, I mean, there's components to child support, and it can flip-flop on either side. Because my motto is, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And whoever has the child should be paying child support. However, you know, I, I had it during, during the length of your, your life from birth to graduation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it all the time, but I did not depend on child support because I was a working mother. Mm-hmm. And if I got it, fine. If I didn't, fine. Um, and child support is just that. It is support for the child. So if I got the money and I decided to buy me a pair of shoes with it, hypothetically, because yeah. I didn't roll like that. I was still doing child support because I've already spent money ahead of time to take care of my child. Yeah. So once you once you give me the money, it doesn't matter what I do with so, it. But you so, know, child so, support cannot be. That's going to be an ongoing battle as long as babies are are bred in this world because it's used inappropriate. People don't want to pay it. So hold women on. do women do use it to 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 dog the husband mm-hmm. the, the man. The man don't want to pay it because he's no longer hitting that. Yeah. And the, the only person that suffers is in that situation is the child in the end. So, so let me ask you, just to reiterate. So say, for instance, right, if it's $60. If, if, well, yours wasn't even $60. I, I know. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm not throwing them up the right. My life is good. Yeah, life okay. Is good. Positive energy. Um, no, nah, I'm just saying. So say, for instance, right. If I say, if we, if you're a child, and your child come to you and something costs $60, you pay the $60 for it, right? For school or whatever. But so then I'm that child's... about a month or a week? A month. Okay. Let's say a month. Um, anyway. So the $60 come in. I'm just using that as a number, right? Okay. A hundred. Let's just say a hundred, just for a round figure. 
So if your child come to you and say, I need this and that, and it's a hundred, and you spend a hundred at the beginning of the month, but the child support check come in at the end of the month for a hundred, and you use that hundred to buy some shoes, it still counts because you already spent a hundred on the child. You just replenishing your hundred. Like, so it's not like you're wasting the child support money. It's still contributing to the support of the child. Is that, is that what you meant by that? Yes. Okay. But my other thing too is, if you pay the child support and you're not in the home, how do you know what I'm spending the money on and not spending the money on? What, you don't know what, what my bills are. That's subjective because some people, like, when they pick their kids up every weekend, they try to check them out and pick the kids' okay, brain and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's subjective. So I do yeah. got to ask you, with that being said, in regards to child support, what additional advice do you have for single mothers out there? My advice in terms of child support and single mothers is, is that do the right thing. Keep it simple and be real. You first got to take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of your child? Mm-hmm. You know, so don't get all lost and caught up. But by take you care of yourself, what do you mean, though, Ma? Because some people may take that I mean, and go get fresh. you got to take care of your mind. You got to take care of your heart. You got to take care of the complete person of yourself. I'm not talking about monetary. Mm-hmm. Because if you take care of all that and you sit down and you handle your affairs, you'll know what to do as a mom. Right, right. I remember when I was having you, and one of my questions was, how will, I, how will I learn to be a good mom? And my mother said, you you will know. So mm. I was like, well, how will you know when your baby's crying and you got a butt? You know your baby's cry. Woo! <laughs> okay. You know your baby's cry in a crowded room with other babies. You know. It's just one of those mom things. Right. All right. When when you want to be a mom and a good mom. Okay. Well, stop right there. Stop right there because we about to get off into that. But we got to get some music first. Okay. Got to get some music first. So this first track is by our boy J.C. Seals. It's called Word to DeBarge. Okay. And then the second track, Enrico. We just had him on a ski tour listening series. And this is off his EP, the return of the McIntyre, which is available on Apple Music and on Google Play. I just copped it off Google Play, so y'all check it out. This is called Only, and we'll be back with more from Mama Low. It's an audible ruckus. All right. Cousin said I'm saucing on them hoes And I don't know what that means Cause I'm too damn old to keep up with these teens My attitude is fuck you, pay me My favorite color green I get zooted on the daily, my nigga It's a routine, I like my women real Fuck all that makeup and weave She said it makes her feel pretty That's just low self-esteem But if you like it, then I love it Baby girl, drop them drops Like Bootsy Badass I'm a dog, I'm a dog You don't hear me though Hell nah, you don't hear me though The little tosser boy The people love him everywhere he go He represents for the town I disappear like a magician The pop up on your ass like ta-da, she said, damn nigga, where the fuck you been? Where the fuck you been, nigga? Where the fuck you been? She said, damn nigga, where the fuck you been? I said, the same place, shit, trying to stack my ends. And you already know, a nigga like me gotta keep a low pro. F I L E, shit, it's J to the C, the H N I C, head nigga in charge. W- word to the bar, she said, Ooh, she said, and I like it.
complexion the same color as a camel The girl was something else, the average nigga couldn't handle her But me, on the other hand, I had that shit on lock I used to dick her down good when I went to a spot She would call me on the phone like, nigga, where you at? Nigga, where you at? N nigga, where you at? She said, it's been too long, my nigga, where you at? I said, I'm on my way right now. She said, all right, bet. And you already know. Already a nigga like me gotta keep a low pro. F-I-L-E. So when I get to the dough, make sure it's unlocked. I ain't even finna knock. I'm walking in, giving cock. She said, she said. Ooh, and I like it. Ooh, and I like it. in your own unique way check out flexin brand fitness and casual apparel they provide not just the clothing line but a unique fashion experience for all walks of life from urban to casual wear for the everyday man or woman we strive to provide a collection for any event if it's a night out on the town or while you're at the gym shredding for a new you to check out their t-shirts, joggers, leggings, hoodies, and more, visit them on Instagram at flexinbrand. That's F-L-X-N brand. And flex, the letter N, brand, on Facebook. It's not just a clothing line, it's a lifestyle. All day I'm flexing, flexing was a crime Somebody come arrest and ask me what I'm doing That's a good question, let you niggas know Star. Somebody lied, I got my rhymes in the car uh, They been searching wide and far To find another MC is up to par huh. Yeah, a killer whale in the swimming pool Dominating small spaces I don't fit into A guy crushing ass, punishing the minuscule Stepped in mumble rapper, got some shit on my tennis shoe Mortal Kombat, screen screaming, finish you As long as I'm here, there'll never be a win for you Sub-Zero, take your hand with the spine attached Looking for my props, cough them up like Domitel Oh jeez, sick of this vagina rap Male rappers with a camel toe, what's the pride in that? Where the backpackers at? Even trap rap, we had a few classics with that But now we on the soul, doing drugs in the club As long as y'all praise fiends, you'll never see a dub Us versus y'all can't compare the two Instead of hip-hop, it's looking like a male review I'm saying OGs only, MCs only OGs only, MCs only We ain't came here for no strip tease, homie Bring more women, more 16s, homie OGs only MC 
Ladies only, OGs only, MCs only We ain't came here for no striptease, homie Bring more women, more 16s, homie Bring back pants that fit the standard shit Even a little baggy fit, hell I would even take heel figure back Just for one day spent bumping real ninja rap pimps See what be a shame that you trill screaming cats Fat Joe tell these motherfuckers lean back please over half of the culture Never sell us out for a rolling to these vultures huh. I understand you wanna shine I understand the music that you grew up on wasn't mine I understand your pops wasn't around I ain't saying don't make music I'm saying don't be a clown The art form is worth a lot more Than these boys wearing girl clothes Twerking on the floor Ugh. How y'all riding with that? Little homie fall back Uncle Rick gon' bring it back OGs only, MCs only, OGs only, MCs only. We ain't came here for no strip tease, homie. Bring more women, more 16s, homie. OGs only, MCs only, OGs only, MCs only. We ain't came here for no strip tease, homie. Bring more women, more 16s, homie. OGs only, MCs only, OGs only, MCs only. We ain't came here for no strip tease, homie. Bring more women, more 16s, homie. OGs only, MCs only, OGs only, MCs only. We ain't came here for no strip tease, homie. Bring more women, more 16s, homie. Bring more women, more 16s, homie. We ain't came here for no strip tease, homie. Bring more women, more 16s, homie. OGs only, MCs only, OGs only, MCs only. Bow. All right, we are back. That was Words of the Bars by our boy JC Seals III, straight up out of Tulsa. And then uh, Enrico, we're only off a of return of the McIntyre. Make sure y'all cop that on Apple Music and on Google Play. Mama Lo, you still there? I'm still here. What up, what up, what up, people? What up, dude? So I do want, and, and I didn't want to cut you off because you was rolling, but I wanted, to, you know, we got we to gotta plug the music. We got to plug the music. So I wanted to ask you, and you mentioned your father, my grandfather. Uh-huh. And then your mother, my grandmother. So talk to talk to us a little bit about them and how you took from them and used that to kind of frame your parenting style. Well, I was in a two-parent household, and I had siblings. And my father was the provider. But my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, that was challenging for her. And when you're a kid, you don't understand the family dynamics of how your parents come together. Mm -hmm. You just know that that's my mom and that's my dad. But my mom was the one that, you know, she became the neighborhood mom, the neighborhood granny, the neighborhood everything. So mm -hmm. you can almost call her like the godmother of, of Broad Street because mm -hmm. she cooked she watched, 
she would take us all downtown when all of the theaters and and everything was booming on the bus because you know she never drove she never had a license but she her responsibility would always be she get that bus she get she get that bus or she walk wherever Mm -hmm. no matter where it was and then when we all started driving she had a ride so she rotated around but she cooked she kept a clean house she taught structure you know, it's one thing when you have more than one child, and then you know I had I chose to have one, mm-hmm. but you know you do tend to have favorites, and that's okay, that's okay. But you can do more with one child, but she still made each and every one of us feel special, even though she has seven. Which is a task in itself. Correct, because all of us have different needs. And, you know, she did what she could as a mom. And, I mean, there's a lot of things that I reflected on. Because I think she felt like, oh, you know, because, you know, I, I, was a, I wasn't a huge partier. But, I mean, I worked since I was 12. I did a lot of stuff and I hung out when I wanted to. But she felt, I guess she thought I was going to be a party girl. But I wasn't. Mm-hmm. When I chose to become a mother, I became a mother. Yeah, yeah. And, you sacrificed you know, a lot. And she we're gonna get took that. very good care of us, and I wanted to take very good care of my baby. Mm-hmm. You know, even she was my daycare person, and even when, because I loved how she raised me, and she was an extension, of, I was an extension of her, she was an extension of me to give you what I was, I needed you to have when I wasn't around. Right. And she... You know, I treated her like my daycare. I paid her like a daycare because one of the things that I realized in my in my life is nothing was free. Right. Absolutely nothing was free. And she did. She she would tell you. I mean, she I mean, y'all got royal treatment. You and your cousin Tia. We did. Y'all had bosom position of granny and you know All the game, man, the knowledge. Yeah. So I, you know, I, she cooked y'all breakfast, you know, she did, I mean, she treated you as an extension of the children that she raised. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, I learned a lot from her. I learned how to be, I learned how to be a woman. I learned how to be a lady. I learned a lot from my mom and I learned a lot from my dad. My dad was the one that taught me how to have biblical knowledge and how to pray. Yeah. And we'll get to that part later on. But my father... I, I wish he was here to tell him that because I've never told him that. And, Me too. But I mean, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But you know, so wait, time out. Let me and, and let me help you out with that. It's a lot of stuff, and like you said, me kind of being raised up with granny and granddad, I was able to experience a lot of the same stuff that you experienced, even though it was later on. Uh-huh. Um, but I do feel like I wish they were still here so I could tell them that I get it now. And I appreciate it. But, I mean, the, the lessons from them are priceless. And that's why I tell, if I, if I, you take nothing away from this conversation. If you have a relationship with your granny or you have a relationship with your granddad, sit at their foot and learn. Learn, learn, learn. Because those lessons you will need to and will have to and, and without a doubt recall later on in your life as life lives you. So, so, so let me ask you this. So we talked about that. We got the home structure and all of that. Now we about to get off into the nitty gritty. How did Mama Lo 
get so soil savvy. And for the listeners out there, soil savvy is just a clever way of saying street smart. So a lot, I would say 96% of the street stuff that I learned came from my mother. So how did you get so street smart? Because you, like you said, you, you worked and you grinded this and that. But how did you get so savvy with the streets? Because a lot of times you would tell me stuff and it would work out. And I, and I only say that. I'm going to say this one and I'm going to let you go. But I, had, I, was, I was working for them shoes. Remember them T-Max, them Tracy McGrady's? Uh-huh. And I wanted to wear them to school because I was trying to impress some girl. And you was like, don't wear them to school. And I was like, but mama, that was the whole point in getting them. And you was like, well, put them in your bag and then wear your beat up shoes that you wear around the house to school. And then switch them when you get there. And that worked. Because, like I said, having five brothers, you kind of learn the lay of the land and the disrespect that black men have for one another. And, you know, being raised in the inner city, urban, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm not going to, because I'm not going to say we were raised in the ghetto. We weren't. We, we was. That's the ghetto. <laughs> okay, it became the ghetto, but it wasn't the ghetto when I was a little girl. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, Mama Lo came about because when I was raising you, um, I didn't let you spend the night places. And a friend of mine asked me one day, like, why why, why you feel like that about your son? And I explained to him that boys get molested just like girls. And I, we, and I was not going to do jail time hurting somebody for hurting my baby. <laughs> and so what I learned is, is that I start having your friends come to our house. And all of your friends the young men when they started coming to the house got to know me and I became Mama Low. Yeah. That's where that came from because there was no place, there was no no meal, no nothing I wouldn't do for you. I wanted to go to the movies, I do that. Y'all play street hockey out there, bought all the all of the equipment. Yep. You know, everything that you wanted and anything that I couldn't provide, I had a person in place. To handle that affair. But see, and that's what I'm getting at though, because you know everybody. You make stuff move in the hood for real, for real, right? And and I tell this story as a joke, but last time I came up there to visit, right, you know I've been gone for a minute. I asked you, I said, Ma, I said, is the gas station still cool like where we normally go to? You was like, I don't know. But here, and you handed me a Glock 9. <laughs> What up, though? It's your boy, Low Gross. You listen to the Inaudible Ruckus podcast, man. Solid dudes, solid topics, solid music, solid podcast. Keep it locked, man. Inaudible Ruckus. Motherfucker. So where, where, where I'm just saying, like, like, and, and, and... Because things are different. As we continue to live in this world, these people care nothing about you. Yeah. You know, remember, too, the one thing that I mentioned to you while I was raising you. And, you know, you were little. I don't remember the age bracket. But I told you, there is absolutely nothing in this world you can't have. And don't you ever come to me and tell me what the white man said you can't have. True. Okay? You raised because the Because nothing <laughs> you can't have. And so, you know, those were things. And, you know, my father. My father... 
you know, wasn't a tall man in stature, you know, but he said, you know, everybody put their pants on one leg at a time. You're no better than nobody and no better, nobody's better than you. Mm-hmm. But give respect and get respect. And that's how I've lived my life. And that's what I wanted to instill in you. And I hope that that's what I've done. Oh, no. and, it's, and, it, and it shows that that's what was done. I, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Can you shine some light as to the moment when you kind of shifted it from why you talk so proper? You got to mix it up a little bit because and I only say that, right? Well, now, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, I only ask you that because that was key because that helped me blend in a little bit. You feel what I'm saying? Instead of me getting bullied and picked on and stuff, I was able to turn the tables real quick. Well, one of the things was is that you were very, very smart as a baby. Because I read while I was pregnant, and then every night, remember I read, I read you a Bible story. Yep. And then I said, start paying attention so that you can start reading the story to me. And you know, I would come home sometime, I'd be so sleepy, but you would still read the story to me and learn words. So one day I was at work, I don't even think you were walking, or you had just started walking and Granny called me at work, and she was like, do you know that your son can read the newspaper? And I'm like, well, quit playing. Like that. She was like, no, he is sitting here, and he's reading the paper to me and your dad. And so, that's what we knew. And I never told you this, but everybody wanted me to have you tested because everybody felt that you were a genius. Mm. Because you always talk proper. And I mean, I wasn't a proper talker, I don't think, back then. But you were very articulate. But you were very articulate. I mean, too articulate for me. You guys. Right. But you could read. Your handwriting still sucks. But you were (laughs) a reader. You knew stocks and bonds. and I mean, you you did, like, over-the-top stuff that little kids never did. You would get up in the morning to come downstairs and cut on the news so you could see what Dow Jones was doing on the news. I was trying to make money, man. I've been about the cash. Uh, but, I mean, you know, one of the, so, I mean, what, all of those things were important, but I just felt like I wasn't going to have a genius in my house telling me, well, I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. But your conversation was always there. Yeah. And there were things that I saw in you, like when you were little, little, that you probably won't even remember because you were so little. And I was like, well, you know, if he's, he's a genius, he'll find out when he get grown. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I I felt like I had to hone in on that. But I never wanted you to be that, that Urkel nerd. Right. You can have that 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 savviness, but you were gonna learn the streets very well. So, so, and, and I say that right to segue into my next point. Um, being raised in your house was definitely a blessing, but um, one of the key pillars that you made a mainstay, a main staple, so to speak, was education. So, why education? Because to me, education. You know me. Uh, everybody that knows me knows I'm very, 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 very big on education because knowledge is power and, you know, you got to have a sharp mind and, you know, you want to know something, read about it, look it up. You know, I kept encyclopedias even when we got computers because I wanted you to learn how to do it long 
Like, crack that book open. Read the words on the page. Because if they shoot the satellite out and your phone no longer works, well, you got to know how to read the Talking about, talking about, we didn't have internet or cable for a good <laughs> minute, so I had to read. That was the only way a nigga was going to get. But I get. kept you, like, with up-to-date encyclopedias. No, you did. And you got, you took me to the library every Saturday. You got me a subscription to um to National Geographic. Uh, when you saw I was like taking an interest in the rap music and this and that, you got me a subscription. In high school, you got me a subscription to Double XL magazine, uh-huh. and that's how I was learning all my stuff. But you and always remember, kept the book in the summertime. In front of me. You had to read a book and write me a book report. Yeah. You had to read two or three different books because I wanted you to understand the concept of sentence structure and. I knew that when you got to college, you were going to do a lot of reading, and I didn't want you to get to college and be overwhelmed. I wanted you to have a study structure. When you yeah. got home from school, first thing you did was homework. It wasn't no let's drag it out to a Sunday night, because nah. I was never going to change my game plan for you to come home and do, because you need to do your homework. Yeah. You may I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't even go to work. And you know I like making money. But you money. know, education was big to my father. So, I mean, a lot of stuff that's in you was passed down to me from him. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like you need to read so that you will know. You can hold your own in a room no matter what the conversation was. Talk yeah. about a car. Talk about money. Talk about the Bible. Talk about the news. You know, you need to be versed in subjects so that you can participate in any type of conversation. So that you can talk to the dope dealer on the corner, or you can talk to the judge at the bench, the president, not this president, but the president. Or if we need to go to England and yeah. talk to Queen Elizabeth. I can have can a conversation her with her about Broad Street. Her presence. <laughs> so, so, all right, so real quick. Enough about me and what you did for me. What about you? And talk about your love for writing. Because you, you well, don't think I know, but you used to write all the time. So talk about your love for that. Well, you know, back when you were coming up, Write On was the magazine. And they had pen pals. And, I, you know, when I was younger, I wrote a lot of poetry. I wish I could find it. And then I wrote, like, I probably could write songs today if I really put my mind to it, but I used to write letters, and and it's just huge because there's nothing more. Even now when I send them to my friends, they love to get a handwritten card to say I was thinking about them. And I've kept diaries because I think that writing your feelings down is important because you gauge your life from point A to point B to point C as you grow through life. Well, that's social media now, mama. And it keeps your mind sharp, but all of that keeps your mind sharp. True, true. You know, you in social media and texting, you don't use full words. You need to know how to spell. It's, it's, it's important. Yeah. You know, because what you say in, in an abbreviated word might be what I'm thinking. True. But I love to write letters and notes. And, you know, and I, I think I might get back into that. Do it. Because I'll... Do I, it. I, no, I'm okay, going. no, no. I'm calling you out, and the listeners is going to vouch for me. I but need... let me just say this real quick. Nah, remember let me finish. That time... <laughs> I know, but remember that time I was trying to teach you how to have good head penmanship? Yeah, I remember. And Here I said, go. go upstairs and write me a letter. Here you go with that. Why you got to bring that up? Be on you a good wrote note. that letter talking about Dear Tammy. I was like, and, you know, I kept reading it, and at first I was offended, but... Do you still got it? <laughs> I think I do. Oh my god! I think I do. I think I do. Read it at do, the I wedding. Want... <laughs> <laughs> well, 
for the bachelor party. We at the bachelor party. Now, I do got to say this. Maybe that's something we can get you to do where you write a column or a, art or a blog or something for inaudibleruckus.com. I'm putting that okay. out there. And the listener's going to hold Uh-oh. me accountable to that. So you got to do it right. now. You said it. Okay. You got to hold your word. Word is bond. A blog for inaudibleruckus. I can do that. Alright, so we gotta get off into some music and we're gonna come back with more, mama, cause this is dope, man. I'm glad everybody getting the light here, like the pearls of wisdom, man. So this and how next records really came about. Right. This is really this yeah, this is true. Um this next track is our boy Jay Ghost out of LA. He well, he's from Detroit, but he out in LA making his shake, he hustling. Uh this is his track, Dead President, and he had he has an album out now called I Am Jay Ghost. But he got another mixtape dropping, and it's for the Detroit area, man. It's for the city, man. Make sure y'all check this. If y'all like this song, y'all gonna like the album. It's called West Side D-Town, baby. And then this next track is by our boy Jimmy Fuck It out of Texas. But he do a little hustling out in Cali as well. And this song is called 17 and 70, man. It's an audible ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> Mother's Day. Up all day, baby. Do the speaker, homie. I cut your girl before she got to know me. Then cut her off, cause she's so annoying. It's no telling who up next. But I'm going forward. Money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Big bottles at the houses where we all toast In the club, man, they do the most But in the club, it's gonna play the most I'm a player off my coast to coast When you get money, you can trickle hoes Life is extravagant I wouldn't have it no other way, I mastered it Oh, I smell money, I get passionate Oh, I make a check and I be stashing it Cause I've been focused on the cheese These Kodak moments made me say cheese I've been balling in the league Nigga, please, I be getting money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Money on a daily. I get money on a daily. More money, more problems. Yeah, but anything better than broke problems. If you broke, then you're wild. Yeah, get some money in your pocket. 
Yeah, and people hate they can't stop it. They hustle so separately, man, they can't knock it. Man, it's all about a dollar. Huh. And black cars in your wallet. Oh, and foreign cars in the stylist. Oh, private jets, long mileage is all in your reach. You gotta see it in the alignment. Can't say I won't be in a product of my environment. I want diamonds, tropical climates. Living life like it's my retirement. Oh, man, this shit is perfect timing. I'm getting money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Money on a daily. I get money on a daily. Gator Bay barbecue sauce? Is it good? Man, quit playing. You know it is. Gator Bay barbecue sauce is sure to wake up any meat with its sweet, savory, and smoky flavor. All I have to do is open a bottle and pour. And if I want a little bit more seasoning, I add their special rub blend. It adds a big bite of flavor to any meat and poultry dish with these homemade premium barbecue sauces and rubs. It comes in spicy and original. The spicy is my favorite. Man, we may have to get some more of this. Where can I get some? You can reach out to Chef Malky at 614-432-5749 and order it directly from the site at www.malkymeals.com. That's M-A-L-C-Y meals.com. Also follow him on Instagram at Gator Bait Barbecue Sauce. Hell yeah. Hit it with the sauce. Mmm. Well, alright. Huh? Yeah. Well, alright. Uh. Mmm. And I say, hey, am I really this? A nigga, too, to be feeling this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get him. Uh. Get the house, taking selfies at the angle. Remember, use an animal. Don't ever let them tame you. I can see your blood flowing. When you make it where you going, keep going. Never forget the nigga that became you. It's about the cloth, not the name on the label. Man, they finna get me started like a fucking jumper cable. Coming live from the city with the double cuts of maple. Got killing in the city. Got the future looking fatal. And I think I'm addicted. I'm grinding from May to April, nigga. Everybody eating like it's but a dinner table. And I love. Tell me, leave me, tell him it's human nature If you fake than fiction, you can miss me with the fables I be full of that kind, killing everything I'm able to I'm jumping in my mind, yelling, fuck it, nigga, fuck it I done married my demons and they throwing a bouquet at you You wanna say yourself, you better duck it I think I, I'm somewhere in between 17 and 70 A nigga way too trippy, man, it's gotta be where heaven be Pussy money weed, bitches wetter than the southern seas Living out our dreams, you might catch a nigga throwing zap I'm somewhere in between 17 and 70, yeah. I'm somewhere in between 17 and 70, yeah. I'm somewhere in between 17 and 70, yeah. I'm somewhere in between 17 and 
70 I say hot damn, am I really this cold? A nigga too young to be feeling this old I say hot damn, am I really this cold? A nigga too young, young. <laughs> uh, Heavy at the hoes, taking selfies at the angle Remember you's an animal, don't ever let them tame you a Lamborghini, Bugatti, Bentley, a banger But if you looking for justice, she'll leave your ass hanging <laughs> Mama America, why you be so unstable? I remember your introduction, it contradict up preamble And I don't know why they shootin', ain't my flag star spangled? Say money talking, nigga, you don't speak the lingo Maybe it's the wild dingoes Or these wild pigs with a taste for wild negro Maybe it's the recession of our heroes Got one too many king and way too little Martin Luther Got us attacking ourselves like Lady Liberty Got loopers in the media, then drug us We all in a stupor If life is but the movie, we all in the bloopers We laugh at it one day, but for now we just the losers And America the free, they teach you this where heaven be But what about my people, what about democracy? Talking in my dreams, you just caught a nigga throwing Z's Old enough to know better, still young enough to think I'm a freak I'm somewhere in between 17 and 70, yeah 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 I say, hot damn, is the world this cold? A nigga too young to be feeling this old I say, hot damn, is the world this cold? A nigga too young, uh, yeah Heavy at the house, taking selfies at the angle Remember you's an animal, don't ever let them tame you When you finally get the belt Everybody swear they trained you and start confusing help Then swear the money changed you <laughs> Well either spoil me with loyalty or murder me with morphine I just wanna feel something Sip something, pop trunk and fifth wheel something Find a Miss MacGyver, hey you stuntin' in them hills woman But these bills coming and they got me wanna steal something Swing for the fence, but I'm out here like I'm still buntin' See how we living, make a nigga wanna kill something Fuck it, I ain't running here, I'm coming and I'm still hunting yeah. Kill that shit, this for my grandfather, my granddaughter My flow hard, my head hard, I play dunk cause I know smart My temple on my money short, I'm clutch city in four quarter I blowed up, I'm no more, I cooks it up and transport it I'm point guard and power for it, That's Chris and Blake and them, boy See that nigga Jimmy, no mistaking him, boy Say hot damn, am I really this cold? A nigga too young to be feeling this old and I I'm somewhere in between 17 and 70, yeah. 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 I say hot damn, am I really this cold? A nigga too young to be feeling this old. I say hot damn, am I really this cold? A nigga too young, too young. Alright y'all, we are back. That first song was Dead Presidents by our boy Jay Ghost. The second one was 17 and 70 by our boy Jimmy Fuck It. Make sure y'all check him out, man. He, he out here doing big things. Check out Jimmy Meets World. It's on SoundCloud, man. Look that shit up. Uh, that stuff up. I'm sorry. It's Mama's Day. My bad, y'all. Mama Lo, you there? I am here. And watch that mouth. Where I get it from? Anyway, um... So just to provide a certain level of context, right? And real quick, before we get back into your story, um, what are some of your thoughts on the evolution of Detroit so far, right? So you done, you done came up, you done seen it at the worst of times, the best of times, you done raised me up through it. You know, 
what, what's your thoughts on the evolution? You know what I'm saying? What caused it? You know, why didn't you move? And why you stay now? Well, I didn't move because Detroit has always been on the map. And it's always was in everybody's mouth. And it was the Motor City. Cars. Just say it, Mama. You was proud of the city. I was. I was. I was. I was proud to have been a inner city graduate of of a high school. I didn't have to go to a school of choice or, you know, one of the elite schools. Um, you know, and I mean, I learned what it was like to live off of nothing. You know, and to be in a city such as Detroit and live off of nothing at that time was was, was like key. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when I look at what caused it to go bad is it's it's the state, city, and government. They were just selfish. Yeah, you know, they stopped looking out for the 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 residents, the homeowners, the people that made it grow, the older people, and and they started being selfish in, in wanting to have more. It's it's more important to them to have property and things to be concerned about the welfare of people. Right. You know, it's more important to them to have a stadium to take more money from the people that don't have money. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, our, our, our suburbs are not as lucrative as they used to be. I was probably about five or six when we had the riot. And I remember my father being the breadwinner going out and going to work and how we stayed on the floor because you never knew when somebody was going to shoot through the house or throw something through the window. So we kind of was always on the floor watching TV and doing things because TVs was black and white. Yeah. You know, we didn't have cable. You know, you didn't have a remote control. We were the we were the TV changers. You know, you rotated that around. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, some people say it's coming back. But as I drive through the city, it looks like to me currently that we've been in, in a war-torn city and we ain't even had a bomb dropped on us. Houses are empty, blocks and blocks of houses are gone, and it kind of like, you know, makes me feel terrible to look at the conditions of our city and the schools are, are just, yeah. you yeah. know, null and void. And the ones that are open, the kids are being, but it's just terrible. I couldn't be a young person today under these conditions and I really hope that it does come back and I stay because you know I, I was still working and there are things that I'm trying to do yeah yeah um have you- I always wanted to move absolutely but once I became a mom it goes back to it was important that you had a stable environment mm-hmm. and me not uprooting mm-hmm. you and moving you all around and the one thing about you, Lauren, is you're very family oriented. Yeah. So I needed to keep you in that environment. No, I don't understand. You know, and that's why I didn't move because my parents were my backbone, and they were able to, you know, keep me grounded and and make sure that I was good to you. So, especially your grandfather. Yeah, no, he he ain't play about me. I, was, <laughs> I think I, I was know. his favorite. I may or may not you have were. been his favorite. Um, you were. So I do want to ask you then, right? Uh-huh. Being the city as bad as it, like you said, when you first were, were growing up, it wasn't as bad as it was. It gradually progressed to that. So as you had me, it's st- that's when it started to to like go really bad. So what were some of your fears for me as your son? 
Like, if you had any at all. And, and if you did, how did you cope with those? Well, my fear is I never wanted you to go to jail. I never wanted you to be shot or or rob a bank or get with the wrong crowd. Those were my fears because you can raise a, a, a child for 17 years and it takes one minute to be with the wrong person to change his life forever <laughs> or her yep. and you know same thing with didn't want you to be a single dad as a teenager I mean there's a lot of components to, to raising kids you know and, and you will get out of it what you put into it you know you had a lot of things that you could have gone right or left with and yep. I wanted to keep you centered so, you know. so, so when do you think when did you realize that I got it, that I understood what you was trying to do and that I was going to be okay? When did you kind of loosen the reins a little bit? Well, the first time was when you, uh, in high school, I was sitting at my desk and I got the call from your counselor and you went to California. The, the first time, because you had always been with me. You had never been away from me. And... She says, you know, this is the chance of a lifetime. And you went out there for 30 days to University of Southern Cal. Mm -hmm. And I put you on the plane and I came home and I cried for three days. <laughs> and my mother talked about me like a dog. She was like, you're still crying? And then I got sick and I took to the bed and I couldn't go to work the whole time you were gone. Oh, man. But when you came back, I realized that you are going to leave and you are going to be the man that I, I designed you to be. And I came back so with some money in my year, pocket. And the second year when you went, put you on the plane, went to brunch, went out and partied all night long and had a fabulous full month while you were gone. But the one thing about that trip, and I know you thought I was an asshole, but remember when I had the inventory list? Yeah, to keep up with all my belongings. <laughs> But taught, taught you how to handle business so that, you know, you could do the things that you need to do. What I sent you with, you needed to come back with because, you know, I was the one that was providing for you, not your child support check. Nah, I, I, but not, <laughs> but, but and, and you told me this too, because remember I came back with all that money too. Yeah. I came back with a whole lot of money. But I, I, I knew that you got it too, Lauren, when you graduated. And, you know, you wanted to surprise me. And it was when you were the only boy I'm to not, graduate cum laude. Yeah. In your graduating class. I was and vice I, president of the National Honor Society before they kicked me off. Well, you know, I have my theory on that. But, I mean, you always get it. And, like I said, your pushback is always, you know, high. You don't just let me get away just because I'm your mother. I mean, you're respectful with it, but you still, your pushback is, I got this, I got this. And how do you know if you raised a, a boy to be a good man if you don't let him go out there and, and make fight with the hyenas, failures? man. He got to fight with right. the wolves. Come right. back wearing the, the, the Siberian badger fur, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that, you know, this world is ever-changing. Mm-hmm. And being a young black man in this world, 
you know, it's hard. Yeah. It is hard to be a man, period, but to be a black man in this world. You know, one of your other shows when E-Ray was talking about, you know, his riding in his car. That that was like huge for me because you're made to, to feel that you, no matter how much money you have, what kind of degree you have, you're still a black man to these people. Yeah. You know, remember the time when you were in Dapset? Ah, yeah. You had that in and they didn't want to interview you because you had braids, but you were the smartest one for the interview. Yep, and they still interviewed me anyway because they had to. And I and I tell you all the time, command the presence of people by what you say. So walk into the room and let all eyes be on you. So so let me ask you this. You also taught me to be able to read people and, and have people not be able to read me. That's correct. Uh, What up, though? It's your boy, Low Gross, also known as Uncle Skeeta. You're listening to the Inaudible Ruckus Podcast on Slaughterhouse Radio. You can catch the show every Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Solid dudes, solid topics, solid music, solid podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and on Google Play. Also on Stitcher and Pocket Cast, Inaudible Ruckus. Motherfucker. Um, so I do want to ask you this then, though, man. What are you did a lot, man? And, and and this takes a lot of work. Everything that you're talking about and what you did for me was a lot of work. So what are some sacrifices that you made for the sake of being a good mom? And if you could, would you do anything differently? Well, I made a lot of sacrifices because, um. I probably could have gotten married as a younger woman, mm-hmm. but I didn't because I didn't want any man presiding over you. Mm-hmm. Um, you was in school? I was in school. And the reason why I stopped is when I never wanted to be sitting in class bettering myself and getting a degree. And I said, can you go pick my son up while I go to this class? And that person didn't come and pick you up. Mm-hmm. The, to me, that's the worst feeling to know that your child is standing somewhere waiting for somebody to come get them and they don't show up. So I stopped going to school and from kindergarten to Bowling Green, I took you back and forth. But that's why that's why you press education so hard. And, that's why, and seeing that, that's why I took my education so hard. I felt like I was getting a degree for the both of us. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I wanted you to to have a degree because I felt like, you know, people say, you know, you gotta have a degree, you gotta have a degree, and that was huge for my father because my father went to Alabama State. He didn't graduate from Alabama State, but he went there because he went into the army. Yeah. But who wait? Who was the first person in the family to get that degree? You. Oh, okay. Just asking. Just asking. And I'm, I, that is my my highest accomplishment. Uh, as of now, we still got more work to do. You're going to have grandkids uh, someday, man. Um, yeah, and I'm going to buy all that gifts from the dollar store. <laughs> I do got to ask you this, though. What's some funny... What's some, what, Give us, like, one or two funny stories that you got. Story time with Mama Lo. What's some funny stories that you could share? 
One of my funny stories is, and I told her today at work, uh, when you were in driver's training. Awesome. And uh, you were just talking and talking and talking, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to him. And I chopped you in your throat. You bent over, you pulled up, and I started walking, and you ran up on me and kicked me. And we were running around and tussling with each other. And then you were like, Ma, I had to do that. Because the, you sent me to that school, and the people were like, you know, big and stuff. And I, once you told me that, I got it. No, tell the whole explanation so people don't you think said, I just kicked my mama for no reason. You people to think that you was a punk. Yeah. And they would be scared of you because you kicked your mama in the butt. They were like, this nigga crazy. He kicked his own mama, dog. He a savage. And it worked. I think the other funny story is when you were little and you, and you were learning how to do showers and you went in there in the bathroom and oh, was in no. there for like 20 minutes and you came out and I'm like, okay, and I'm laying across the bed. I'm like, come in here. Man, you thought your life was about flashing before you didn't. Yeah, because I was dirty as hell. You made me go back in there and re-shower. Yeah. Cleanliness is next water. to godliness. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? No, tell, t- tell the throw-up story. Oh, my God. I hated that because you know what? You, you couldn't be around nothing that smelled bad. You couldn't cut grass because your allergies. You look like a little Chinaman. But, you know, I'd be like, go in the bathroom and throw up. And you would go to the bathroom and throw up on the side of the toilet. Or you go to the garbage and throw up on the side of the garbage. I was like, I do not believe this. But, I mean, you know, we we have a lot of, of, you know, we have a lot of memories together. I love the story of Mama Low and Low. We, um, we've gone through a lot. Yeah. I, I, um, it's kind of choking me up. Don't choke Because... Up. Uh, no, because you know. But okay, so, I never imagine. I never imagine being a mom to such a wonderful young man. Oh man, mama, don't start. You know because you got it. You everything that I put into you, you do it. And I know that my parents were very, 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 very proud of you. Mm-hmm. You know that. My mom knew, and my dad knew that you had that special quality. Even my brothers and sisters know that. Your aunts and uncles, they all know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're living in Houston now, and that's, like, huge. We have nobody in Houston, and you're down there holding it down. I mean, who to. can ask for more than that? I'm trying to. You know? But I, I, I want to touch on it. Um back to the whole like mama's boy thing and stuff like it was just me and you so the reason why like it's i look at it like i learned loyalty i learned how to hustle i learned how to be strong like i learned all these things from being with you and it's not so much like i had the strength and i was empowered to do all of these things that i'm doing now because of the base that you provided for me and i just want people to understand you know Going like going off into life, like it was literally like on some like being a king. Like, but I showed you, you what it was like to struggle. Yeah, you know, yeah. I showed you what it was like for the struggle. Nothing was easy, you know. We fought I wanted for you to, yeah, I wanted you to see that. I mean, we weren't hungry. 
we didn't have our lights out, none of those things, but we still, you know, had some drawbacks along the way. We had, we had, we had a couple little spurts where it got a little rough, but we hustled through it. Right. And, and, you know, you were real good about if you had it and I didn't have it, you stepped up to the plate and you took care of business. At a young and, age. At a young right. age. At a young age. And, and and you realized that we were a team. It wasn't that you were my man or, you know, because some mothers do that too. They make their sons be the man. and But, you know, you knew what you needed to do and you did not hesitate. And I appreciated that as well. I went into that Adidas shoebox a couple of times and, and, and you did the same when I was jammed up. So it's all good. But I like too that you never overstep, you know, like there, I never had to, there's sometimes when you become a teenager and, you know, they use the word smelling yourself, I never had to bring you down any pegs. You kicked me down the stairs one morning, you did. Well, you know, that and you, was just. And you tackled me when I was taking the, I had made a smart comment and I was taking the trash out and you tackled me and beat me up in front of the whole neighborhood. Well, because I always had to, to, to let you know that I was still your mother. I was still the head of the household at that particular time until you learned how to, to evolve yeah. into what you needed to do. And, you know, you never want your children to be disrespectful. I never wanted to be living in fear. You know, remember, I used to come in your room with the knife and be like, I'll kill you in your sleep. I'm going to sleep good every night. You'd be like, Mama, you crazy. <laughs> yeah. Kicking in the yeah. door at 5 o'clock in the morning, hitting people with belts and throwing shoes at them. But, I mean, I didn't have to, like, do a whole lot of repeating. Like, when you came home from college, you know, you never had a curfew or anything. But I only had to have that one conversation with you. And I know how you felt about how it looked towards your friends. And I still wanted you to have your friends because, as you know, I never picked your friends. But I always gave you examples and references as to what you needed to do in picking your friends. Mm-hmm. I never picked your friends for you. And and you you have phenomenal friends. Sure. I mean, they treat me very well, very respectful. I give my right arm for any of your friends. And remember when I was raising you, I mean, the other thing is when we would always go out for your birthday. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, you know, um, I'll do this for you no matter where y'all want to go but then when y'all start getting bigger and start eating steak and stuff you had to get your own money because we was young bosses <laughs> right but I mean I taught you I taught you how to 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 pay your bill tip appropriately when you start dating that you were not going to be dating a girl and she couldn't feel comfortable on a date and eat what she wanted to eat and you still tip appropriately or be like, well, you know what? We're going to go here. And, you know, you now, I was even, a baller, okay? I was a baller. We didn't eat in low-end restaurants, you know? We was bougetto. I always tell people that we was bougetto. You, you, I, we, uh, anyway, we was bougetto. I take them out to Laurel you, Park just to be on some How many stuff. mayors did you eat with? Two or one? Two. Remember when they did the etiquette class and you already knew how to use the fork and stuff? Yeah, because you told me when we went to that fancy restaurant that they was going <laughs> to smack my hand if I picked up the wrong fork and I didn't want that to happen. We went to Mario's downtown. Uh-huh. But we got to get off to some more music, man, mama. We're going to come back. We're going to talk, talk about music when we come back. But this next song is 
Turn the drive bar boys all the way up. Red the Rebel and Rare Homie out of Austin, Texas. You know what I'm saying? That's that's family. They always holding it down and looking out. And then uh, Nowhere to Go by the homie L to the C. You know what I'm saying? You can check out Rough Sketch on Spotify and Apple Music, man. Shout out to Music ENT. Straight up out of Dayton, man. It's an audible ruckus. Like I remember was on Turn the Drive. Life I remember was on turn to drive Life I remember was on turn to drive Life I remember was on turn to drive Dot drop the beat make the whole world feel it Life I remember was on turn to drive we was hooping in the street just to try to get a little shine. We square up when the beef was rhyme. Yeah. But that was rarely, and everybody know I hold my time. Played it cool, but my record proved that I've been a fool. Ain't saying shit, just stating facts, cause I know what these streets are doing. No any story personally, and with certainty. Come from nothing, that ain't hurting me. Just wet paint on my sleeve. Mama always worked hard for us, daddy did too. He would hustle when shit got low, so what you think I do? Like niggas in my business What I did they never knew Till one day I met with fate And ended up on evening news But backtracking That was after I left the spot I got home I just giving up a glimpse Why this shit I spit I'm on Can't forget about the trait In the streets I used to roam But like time and memories I got older and moved on Like this I remember it Coming up on Turn to Drive Life as I remember it coming up on turn to drive Life as I remember it coming up on turn to drive Life as I remember it coming up on turn to drive Red the Rebel, man, I'm back again Take them back to the streets that I was raised on Growing up wasn't easy, but the game stayed strong Mama made it happen, my granny inspired me to rap She asked me what I'm waiting on, hope she proud of my actions Cause I've been working on it, till the flow straight over time Staying on the grind, my city is the mode of nine I'm humble but forced to kill it, I gotta get it I'm really with it, them hating niggas will probably never feel it But entertain the clown and you part of the circus now From the Northeast to the north side, it's been going down Turn the drive, running wild Second notice child, me and Reba came in When Pops left the house, yeah Had to make it happen, we never been fond of acting They talk about the struggle, but if you're real You know them boys capping But I digress, I'm about progress I can't remain stagnant Just a story from my life, this way it all happened Turn the drive, nigga Do you have a sweet tooth or are you just craving something sweet? If so, then you should visit Pinky Sugar Shack and try some of their ooey gooey cakes. Pinky Sugar Shack is located at 18929 Schoolcraft in Detroit, just west of the Southfield Freeway. They're open Wednesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can place your order by giving them a call at 313-897-2253 or by visiting their website at pinkysugarshack.com. That's pinkies, 
Sugar, S-H-U-G-A, Shack.com. Pinky Sugar Shack, home of the ooey gooey cakes. Empty, about to unplug the save electricity. My niggas keep on holler about the 50 dollars that they done been letting me. My boss get on my nerves. Got a nigga breaking his back and shit. Talking about I ain't get paid for my overtime. Wait, is Wayne Brady gonna have to smack a bitch? Now I done been through hard times. But this time I'm at rock bottom. Wish I got this damn deal. So my people wouldn't have problems. But it seemed like the radio adopted all of this bullshit. Now I wanna hear these real artists and understand what cool is. So I keep trying to continue before slanging came on my menu. It's a quick way to get a quick buck, but it's a quicker way to get fucked up. My mom just passed it too long ago, so my brother shot to rely on me. Either work three jobs at one time, or take a chance that can put me in a penitentiary. Now I don't go out, cause all I see is people like a potentially rob. So I'm smoked out, take some stress, I'm all the way from my daily problems. I look left, I look right, I get high when I feel low. I stay lead, try to find directions, but it ends up with me not knowing where to go. It's hard to stack these checks And it don't seem as bad as it sounds Cause I'm slowly dying for stress I got three bank accounts And I fucked around and owe all three But I'm starting on these hoes And around the playing drinks all me I got 99 problems and my bitch is one And I got 98 more that can get solved if I have fun But since I'm stuck with them I say fuck it And call the D-boys that's real But this lane is too tough And I can't call Jesus to take this wheel So I pray to Christ before I go to sleep Cause mama said it'd be days like this Thoughts out of my head and please give me the most high strength to fight this. It ain't nothing to bosses. You face losses to gain knowledge to help you financially. And I'm just saying that being honest, cause I've looked left, I've looked right. I've gotten high when I felt low. Without faith in a man that's great, you still end up on a map not knowing where to go. I've looked left and I've looked right. I've gotten high when I felt low. But without faith in a man that's great, you still end up on a map not knowing where to go. Alright y'all, we are back, and that was Turner Drive by All The Way Up, Red The Rebel and Rare Homie, shout out to them, and then Nowhere To Go by our boy L To The C, Mama Lo, you there? I am here, so, what's up, what's up, what's up? We gotta mix it up a little bit man, I wanna talk about music, so my love for music came from you, yes. and my grandparents, but you... And you had certain CDs, right? I remember growing up. So on Saturdays, it was a certain set of CDs. And on Sundays, it was a certain set of CDs. So it was Brandy, Mariah Carey, and Whitney. Then it was Janet, Aretha, and Tamia. Uh But Janet Jackson is one of my favorite singers now from that. So just... From the Velvet Rope? Yeah, the Velvet Rope is my joint. So let me ask you this then. Who are some of, other than those people, like who is just some of your favorite singers or rappers just from the... Well, you know, I'm a huge jazz buff. Yes, yes. So I love Joe Sample, Kirk Whalum, 
Luther Vandross. Zonchek. Alexander Zonchek. Don't forget about the yes. drone. Yes. Um, Brian Coberson. Yep. Love to go see him in concert. That's a bad boy. Um, my love for music came because my dad was a trombonist. He played the trombone in the Army. He was in the first black band in the, in the Korean War. And he wrote music, and he was a very good singer. Quality that I don't have a lot of, but I mean, just really musically inclined. My father was an all-around artist. Mm -hmm. And we listened to a lot of music. So that's where the older songs came into play. My mom taught us how to dance. You know, so we learned how to oh, dance and have dance. an ear Granny for good dance. music. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, listening to that and, and just having appreciation. So when you started, you know, getting into the music thing, when you were right to school, remember I told you we'd listen to any station you wanted to listen to. Mm -hmm. But on the weekend, we had to listen to the different jazz, um, R&B and older songs so that you understood that it wasn't just about rap and I had to explain to you it's just music it's not a way of life it's, it's not entertainment. a lifestyle it's only entertainment it's just music because you know I used to buy you all you used to get so mad at me but I would buy you all of the uncut no, you um, bought me the edited versions of CDs. Well, yeah, the edited I'm versions like, of CDs. Like, and so then I, you talked me into getting a, a non-edited version of... Buster Rhymes, When Disaster And I put it on on that Saturday morning, and when he said, Hey, all you MFers, and I, I went running through the house. I'm like, we can't listen to this. <laughs> he was like, but mom. Or, you know, songs that I like. Like, I love beats. Like... You believe it or not, I love Adele, but this is why I love Adele. She's a good singer, mm -hmm. but the instrumental songs or the the like whoever is her pianist and whoever is her um, guitarist is outstanding. Yeah, because I listen to beats. I love beats. Some songs I just hate the words to them, but mm -hmm. I love the beat. So, do you think? Do you th and I know because a lot of even the rap that you listen to, I had to listen to the hardcore rap other places, right? So like a lot of my friends had big brothers, and I would listen to it with them because you had party music, like you listen to like uh, Chub Rock and like whoop, there it is, like you know the typical stuff that was happening. So I didn't get a Did lot of like. Did you tell them that you gave me an iPod with 117 songs of? What was that? 3-6 uh, Mafia, three, Project, six Pat, Mafia. Project Pat. Well, you know, them... Hey, okay, so for the that, listeners... That's my ride music. For the listeners <laughs> out there, man, my mama wanted to work out, and she was like, I need some music to listen to, and they said, I can't listen to jazz. I need upbeat music. So I gave her my old iPod, the little very first joint, the little small, the iPod mini. But I had, like, what? It was, it was a bunch of songs on there. It was like yeah. 300. Yeah. About... 250 of those songs was all 3-6 Mafia and Project Pat. And she became a Project Pat fan. Well, you know, I got to give a shout out to my other number one son, Javon, because it was funny, you know, how we used to come down there and see you on Bowling Green. Yep. And he was like, 
Oh man, it's gonna be a long ride. And you know, you used to make me CDs. Yeah, I did. I was the I mix CD, CD guy. Yeah. I threw a CD in. He was like, "Oh, mama, I ride with you anywhere." <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I uh, it wasn't that I was trying to like be young with you guys. It was you still have to understand. Yeah, because you knew the slang. You knew the slang. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You have to. How can you know how to raise your child if you're not knowing what's being taught to them? So, 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 so can I ask you this then, from a cultural standpoint, right? Uh-huh. You being a mother raising your child. So going from you picking my clothes out and dressing me to me pick me telling you what kind of clothes I want, then me buying my own clothes and how I was dressing and stuff. How was that for you just watching me grow up in the hip-hop culture? Because we talking like literally from the the late 80s to the 2000s when hip-hop like kind of evolved and stuff. So seeing it from how you knew music to be till now and then seeing me become part of it and watching me like just grow up in hip-hop. Well, I mean, you still... You broached it, but you were still conservative. You know, you never evolved to the second pants. You know that was not going to be acceptable. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't you know, wear your do-rag outside the house. Oh, no, no, no. You still had to keep your hair combed, your nails groomed, all of that. Your shoes taken care of. Oh, I kept my shoes taken care of. You know, because once again, all that is about pride. Pride in yourself. And that was what I was teaching. Once again, hip-hop is a culture. I mean... That's not your way of life. You choose your destination. You choose the way you want to live once you are given all the tools that you need. And it was my job to give you all the tools that you needed. Yeah. You know, now my question to you is, did I fail you in any way as a Nah. You was too good. I mean, I'm not going to say too cool, but like, it was, it was, you, you, you gave me space to, to, to grow and evolve. And but you were firm but fair, and I know even in my teenage years, as I like grew into manhood, like a young adulthood, I would say, people would think, "Oh, your mom cool, your mom just let you do this and that." But it was like, nah, it was a give and take, and it was a lot of stuff you allowed for me to do based off responsibility, like me fulfilling responsibilities in the household. So it it was a, it was a balance, and I I always as your son. Never wanted to take advantage of the liberties that were rewarded to me. You know, you know I, when you know, I when you was learning to, or developing the weed smoking part, you were my son. You hated go that. out in the backyard, smoke it, see what's gonna go down. Because if you have a reaction and you fall down in the backyard, I can call EMS and take you because you're on my medical. Yep. You know. You know, I told you about the drinking. You go to college, pour your own. Yep. Don't ever let nobody pour it for you. If you didn't pour it, don't touch it. You ain't rolled a joint, don't touch it. Because people like to, to get into your mind and play games, you know. And your friends, you know, they're your friends. And those are the ones sometimes that can be detrimental to you. Because people will see you, you know, and, and they don't like what you have. But... You know, that's why I talked to all your friends. You know, it was funny because you used to get mad at me, too, because back then house phones were big and you was like, well, mom, why I got to talk like this? Because you needed to have the phone etiquette. Because guess what? You talk on the phone today. Oh, and if it wasn't hello, for that this etiquette. Is Lauren. <laughs> hello. So, I mean, 
mean, some of the things that you were learning, and just like when we went down to Bowling Green, what did they say? Most of your lessons are not going to be in the classroom. Yeah. What up, though? It's Lil Gross, also known as Uncle Skeetar. You're listening to the Inaudible Ruckus Podcast. Solid dudes, solid music, solid topics, solid podcast. Inaudible Ruckus, motherfucker. So we was living our life. We didn't paint the picture ahead of time and say, you're going to be the boy, I'm going to be the mama. We lived it together. And I do believe along the way we had fun. Yeah, we. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we cried together. You know, I mean, there were things that, I mean, do I have any regrets, Lauren? Absolutely not. Could I have done some things a little bit better or different? Probably. But for my life journey with you, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, probably having a father in the household would have made you be a different kind of man. I mean, yeah. But... Get gearing in too quickly about us being spiritual people. I learned how to be a spiritual person from my, my parents. And when you were a little boy, you were two years old, and I was teaching you how to pray. And you prayed at night, and I told you as you started growing on, I said, guess what? In life, you're going to have two good friends, me and God. Mm-hmm. Learn how to have a relationship and talk with him because he's going to carry you for the rest of your life. I'm not promised to you. And so, you know, you would be in there and you'd be like, thank you, God, for letting me and my mom wake up and have a good day. Do your son, Jesus. And as you got bigger, I'm like, you got to smile. You got to start including people. You got to be thankful for things. You got to pray for people. What, what was the one thing you always told me to pray for? Um... The sick and afflicted. No, the sick and afflicted ones. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got my that's cool name. Yeah, yeah. And cause I looked it up, you know, you because it's the thing too. And we touched on it when we talked about your uh, education and stuff, right? But you just as much as you like had me do book reports stuff. You gave me Bible assignments and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Remember our, our assignment when you were a teenager, so that we could learn how to not. I never had a wedge, but I never wanted a wedge for us because we only had one time in our life where we we didn't talk for a month. Tell that story right quick. I'll tell that story in one minute. But what we end up doing to make our life really be good is the fruitages of the spirit in Galatians. And remember, you had to write the definition and pick a word that we worked on that particular fruit for a week or two weeks or however long and self-control was our biggest one and patience but um, what was the story you wanted me to tell you know I'm old not talking talking for a month oh we you know came up to the school to pick you up and these girls was fighting I mean they was getting it in they was stumping the lights off that girl I'm sitting in the car you're like mama mama don't get off the car I said okay no Opened the door, got out, went over there, started pulling the girls apart and everything. After I got through, the girls still started talking smack and stuff. And, you know, they were still fighting. You was like, Mama, see? And then security came out and I started talking to them. And you was like, you don't understand my relationship 
in school and, and, and my reputation that I built for myself. But I had to explain to you that I am a mother first. I am a parent first. Mm. If I had come up to the school and found out that they allowed some boys to jump on you the way they were stumping that girl out and the parents were standing around and then you knew it was going to be hell. Well, what did I tell you? But I'm a parent first. I know, I but what nobody going to be jumping off on me, man. They labeled me a snitch because you talked to the security people. And then I told you that. Well, did you want me to come up there every day and get with them? No, I had, to go beat, I had to go beat somebody else up just to, like, make it go away. And don't forget, remember in high school how you used to pimp your mother out? Oh, here you go with it, that. Why you got to tell that story? What, what I do? What I do? If I hug one of your friends, you charge them with a dollar? Yup. I ain't shit. I mean, stuff. People was looking like... My mama got a thumper, man. Everybody be looking at my mama thumper. So, it's like, hey, pay what you weigh, man. Well, you know, nobody seems to believe that I'm the age that I am. And I, and I also attest that to my parents. Because, you know, we always look younger than we are. Yeah. You know, like, even on my job today, they don't feel that I'm over 50 and I mean I am oh, but you over 50? man I am I got AARP oh damn AARP I don't, I, mean, look, I don't look like I'm pushing up on 30 until these gray hairs start coming in my beard I look if I shave my hair they think I'm like 17 right and they, everybody's like, you don't look at, you don't look like you're that old and I mean I, that's the gene pool of my parents but life has been good. Mm -hmm. I appreciate having you in my life. Thank you, Lauren, for being the young man that you've become. Oh, mama, here you go. And uh, I am ecstatically happy about the upcoming wedding. It's going to be the event of 2017 for us. And uh, looking forward to in the future being an awesome grandmother. Like when you come and get your kids, they probably be tied to the tree or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Mama, I I just uh, thank you for doing this. You know, thank you for taking the time week after week to support me. And I always joke with people because you know I got a lot of people that rock with me, and they say or like you know some people be busy. I understand, and people are like, "Man, bro, I missed the episode, or I got to get caught up." And I tell them like, "It's cool, like you know, get to it when you get to it." But if it's one person I know, listen to that. Every single episode. It is So, so any um any last words for inaudible ruckus, man? Because you have we, me and you sat. We used to. So, let, I, I want to touch on it before we get up out of here, man. Um, Saturday mornings, a lot of brainstorming take place. A lot of wisdom was spilled, and a lot of coffee. Right, because we used to link up every Saturday morning. Even when I moved out the house, I'd come over on Saturday mornings and we talk. So you have been a part of this from what, from driving. When I sat there on the way to school and told you I wanted to do radio, and when we picked the college that I wanted to go to to do radio, when I got my internship to do radio, to now. So what what are your thoughts just on inaudible ruckus and 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 what do you see for it moving forward? Like what is just overall. Well, Your one role. Thing, well, my role is, is that I'm the backbone to you. Mm -hmm. uh, you took a dream and made it happen. And we're going to continue to make it happen. Hell or high water. 
an audible ruckus is what is what's going down. Uh huh. And it's gonna go off the charts. But I, I like I said, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind it. I see it growing in leaps and bounds, and it's gonna be about his business. And like I said, I'm truly honored. I love my my present. And I hope all the listeners, all the mothers out there have a great Mother's Day. And I truly, truly appreciate Inaudible Ruckus. Thank you, Lo. Thanks, Mama. I love you. Mama, I love love you. (laughs) I love you, too. Inaudible Ruckus. All right, we'll be back after these commercials, y'all. Hey, babe, can we go shopping? Sure. Since we're in the Detroit area, where do you want to go? I heard this shop called Shoe Fetish. They have the latest in shoes, accessories, and outerwear. Plus, I know they have some cute heels to match my dress. How do you know they got the same exact color or not, though? I checked out their Instagram page at Shop Shoe Fetish 247, and I called them at 734-325-4309 to make sure. Okay. So what time do they open so we can head up there? They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., and on Sunday, 12 p.m. to 4. Man, that sounds good. Give me the address so I can put it in a GPS. We about to roll up there. They're located at 17520 West 12 Mile Road, one block east of Southfield Road in Suite 112. For sure. All right, y'all. This has been episode 58, the special Mother's Day edition of Inaudible Ruckus, man. I just wanted to, again, invite y'all into the dynamic that me and Mama Lo have. Y'all understand? Trio raises Trilla. Also, man, for the single-parent mothers out there, or just mothers in general, man, I just wanted to invite y'all in and see that y'all y'all out here hustling, man. Y'all out here grinding, but it's to a good cause, and it's going to do numbers for y'all, man. So if you could take your story and fast-forward 29 years from now, man, it's probably going to end up like this, as long as you stay about your, your grind, keep a strong relationship with God, and just continue to impute knowledge and light into your kids, man, and don't let the world dictate. You know what I'm saying? What happens with you and your kids. Um, but again, man, Mama Lowe has is a big staple of Inaudible Ruckus. I want y'all to continue to support us, man. Like us on iTunes. Well, it's now Apple Podcasts now. But make sure you got your iPhone out. Pull us up. We on there. Inaudible Ruckus. Google Play. You know what I'm saying? We on there. Catch us every Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Slaughterhouse.com, man. Slaughterhouse Radio. We on there, man. Also, we got the front porch mix popping. You know what I'm saying? Follow us on Pocket Cast and Stitcher. Like this. Subscribe to this. Share this. Tell a friend to tell a friend about it, man. We for the culture, man. The music. If you like that, hit us up. Hit me up at inaudibleruckus.com if you're trying to advertise, bro. I'm out here. Also, inaudibleruckuspodcast at gmail.com for any business inquiries or if you're trying to do some business together, man, I'm here. Shout out to all the mamas, 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 and they mamas, mamas, mamas out there. Inaudible ruckus, motherfucker.